All right, everyone, welcome back to the Three of Seven podcast. We're we're happy that you've joined us here again. We've got a full house here in the studio just for you guys today. The beautiful Brooke. Welcome back, Brooke. Good morning. I love you. Mm, no. The Grand Wizard Chili with his rose-colored glasses on. Welcome, and his Chili. Bojangles hat. Oh, yeah. His Bojangles hat. Let's turn this around real quick. <laughs> Check that out. What kind of mood are you in today, Chili? It's a... Uh, you seem a little off. Are you well, nervous about no, something? No, 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 no. I'm not off, but the mood is unique. Uh-oh. It's a relatively rare mood that Chili gets in. I'm trying to figure out what's going on here. <laughs> well, trying to figure out how to utilize you in today's conversation. Oh, just let it happen, man. Just let it happen. I think you should just do all the talking. That's generally, it goes better <laughs> that way. Generally. And of course... Behind the scenes, monitoring your comments and making all of this happen. We've got the tech guy. What's mm-hmm. up, tech guy? What's up? Who's angry? The I'm tech guy. Angry. The tech guy is. <laughs> he's don't, he's don't a, talk to me today. He's in a bad way today, guys. So, um, <laughs> all you guys wa- uh, watching live on YouTube, don't be making a. Bunch of stupid comments on here. <laughs> he's liable to come back and curse at you, son. <laughs> he's he's in a bad way. Somebody on here is calling me the ping master. I don't know what that what? is. <laughs> the old ping master. Well, I don't know what that means either, but just lash out at him. Just, that, this is Scudder Buster 666 calling me that. Oh, Good Lord. Gosh, Scudder I, Buster. I wouldn't listen to nothing old Scudder says. Scudder Buster, you ready to hear some gospel word today, son? Are you ready, Scudder Buster? <laughs> well, I hope so, because that's what we do here on the 307 Podcast. We kick Satan right in the ball sack. We come at you hard. Um, we You're try alive. to keep it real, and, uh, you know, that's what we're here for. I want to let you guys know something real quick before we dig into this conversation. Here's the way this conversation is going to go. I'm going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk a little bit about Team PT this morning because, huh. boys boys and girls, it was ugly. It was one of the ugliest Team PTs I've seen in a long time. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. Depending on how this goes, there might be some technical difficulties midway through the <laughs> through the story here, but you guys just stay tuned. <laughs> and, then, and then we're going to go in to talk about some of this... Um, some of the emotional aspects of uh, certain congregations or denominations and as it pertains to um, this big revival that you guys have been seeing going on up in Kentucky and all this, and I'm just going to talk through a little bit of that because Blake and I had a discussion about it the other day. And hopefully you guys will join in Every now and then, right? Um, that's the purpose of maybe not of having you guys in here. You, if you allow us air and opportunity to join in, we will. Okay. Why you see him ticking? Did you see that? <laughs> do you have ter- do you have a uh, mild to moderate Tourette? Because <laughs> I have mild to severe plaque psoriasis. I don't Ooh, know. If, I do too. I don't know if you've heard of that ailment, but 
You know what? I'm sick and tired of hearing about all y'all stinking ailments. <laughs> I'm I got- about sick and daggone tired of it. I'm the oldest. <laughs> I am the oldest, most beat up, daggone joker in this room. And everybody's got more ailments than me. What the crap is going on, man? Chili, I'm just going to leave the camera I'm daggone. <laughs> I'm daggone. Uh, well, look, man. I'm 50 years old, man. Chad, if you knew Why? all the ailments I had, you'd probably feel sorry for me. It's really pitiful. I want to show. Look. No, I don't even want to hear it. Yesterday, my rooster impaled me, and it's starting to get infected. Look at mm. that. You see that? That ain't good. You see that, babe? Yeah, their spurs have poison on them. <laughs> That's ailment. You know, adding on top of all my recent ailments, last week I came down with a case of gout. <laughs> you told me I was going to get gout. Well, I thought you were, but somehow you've staved it off. Tell you, it's bad when the rooster impales you. I know. And when you get gout, your diet must be crappy lately for you to be well, coming down with gout. Here's what I want to tell y'all. Uh, this episode is brought to you by our Patreon members. If you guys don't know, Patreon is not a fan club. It's actually a private platform where you guys can support the 307 Project. Uh, The contributions that our members make on Patreon actually enable us to do more of everything we've been called to do. Uh, And it makes a huge difference. The reason I'm telling you about Patreon... um, is if you like what we talk, if you like the content that we put out here at 307 Project, there is a whole bank of valuable content on the Patreon platform that you can access if you want to go and join us. There's got to be over a um, hundred videos and podcasts oh, and everything. There's eighty something episodes of Resurrected posted. Those are live calls. The Nuff Said Podcast, and just yesterday, was that yes? No, that was the day before. We went out to the range, Blake and I. We spent all day on the range recording the 307 Project range series. It's a series of seven instructional videos out on the range where we take you through every aspect of not just shooting, but how to properly run a range, how to be an RSO, a range safety officer, how to conduct a range safely, uh, the fundamentals and the very foundation of shooting. And then we're out there doing uh, and talking through and teaching you how to do the most important drills that you need to practice if you're a shooter. We talk through all of those in depth, how to do them, how not to do them, things to look out for, things to avoid. And then Blake wraps it up in video number seven with a whole class on how to clean and maintain your firearm. It's a, it runs the full spectrum. It's a lot to chew on. It's about 90 plus minutes of instruction. Seven videos. Each video is about 15 minutes long. Um, it's And it's it's not... the This series, this range series... By the way, this is going to be on Patreon for you guys. This range series is not tactical. It's not a bunch of superfluous bull crap and opinions about brands and 
and all this other stuff. It's literally what you need to know. It's exactly what we teach our students that actually come out to the range and train with us live. I actually think I'm going to make this series a mandatory thing for students to have to watch before they even come out to the range because we could go a lot further, a lot faster if they would watch this series beforehand. So that's smart. That's going up on Patreon pretty soon. Uh, Blake's almost done. When well, you're almost done editing those, right? So yeah, I am done waiting on the old other tech guy over there to get our uh, get everything up. Okay, but they're all up on YouTube. So whenever you want to start posting, okay, them, so ready. we can start putting those out and on they're Patreon. Ready for Patreon yeah. already? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I ain't sweet. holding that up. So those will, those will start releasing next week then on Patreon. Yeah. So nice. we try to do everything that we can do to give back to the. 0.5% of people that listen to this that actually want to contribute. So that's our goal over there. Thank you, Patreon. This episode is also brought to you by one of our two partners that we have here at 307 Project. Why do we only have two partners at 307 Project? We're picky. Well, we're, yes, we have hundreds of people. I, I get emails every single day of companies that want to send me stuff and want to partner with me. I mean, every day I get them. We have two partners. You know why? Because there are very few companies that will make the cut. Even if their product's great, if a company is not in alignment with our views, we're not going to partner with them because it's just not going to work. All right? So when we decide to take a partner on, we actually call and we have in-depth conversations with the people who are in charge of the product or the, the brand or whatever it is. We make sure we're all in alignment. Then we extensively test whatever the product is, and then we will let them partner with us. And so Hoist is one of our partners. If you don't know what Hoist is, I don't know where the crap you've been. Hmm. All right? Hoist is the best hydration supplement on the market. There's a bottle right there. Yeah. Daggone. It tastes good. It works good. No preservatives. No preservatives. I drank this during our 24-hour treadmill race. Kept me hydrated. Kept me going. It's an awesome, awesome hydration supplement. It's got calcium, potassium, magnesium. It's got real cane sugar in it. No high fructose corn syrup. About 70 calories. Um... It hydrates you better than regular old water. And uh, we absolutely love this stuff. Check them out at drinkhoist.com. The good daggone people. They support, literally support the military and first responders. We've seen it happen. We've actually been a part of it. Blake, you took a bunch of hoist. They sent out a bunch of hoist and you took it to the local fire department, didn't you? Yeah, and they bought And they lunch. bought dinner. Yeah. So, daggone. For a whole fire hall. They, this, this hoist is not about just... How many daggone companies you see out there? Oh, we support our military. What the crap do you do, man? What the crap do you do to support our military? Like, show me. What's your budget that you're putting toward that? Yeah, everybody wants to get that high five. Every company wants to put that on their daggone thing. We support our military. Okay. Roger that. No, these people actually do it. Hey, Chili, can you get in that cooler right there? 
Yeah. They they got some new things you can show here, Chad. These little pouches. It's a lot less liquid, but has the same kind of content. Oh, yeah. I've used those. Have you? The squeeze yeah. pouches? So they just released those and sent us some out. Yeah, give me one of those. Please. Please. Yes. Yeah. So it's just, I think it's it's easier to That's pack. for when you need a hard hit right there, son. <laughs> like y'all. You, done with you it, know you what? Y'all could have used one of these this morning. This might would have got you. This might would have <laughs> picked y'all up a little bit this morning. Guys, is the stream still coming through? Um, I, I saw his eye twitching. Hey, check him out. He feels like talking At drinkhoist.com. Go get you some, man. Quit being a freaking turd. Get out and PT. Quit being a dang turd. I was driving my daggone Suburban this morning. You know what I found in the daggone Suburban? A receipt from the Dairy Queen. Dun, dun, dun. Who man, that's the... Just fan food. Let me tell you what, man. We know who that was. You have got to forge enough discipline in your life to quit eating at the freaking Dairy Queen. I ain't joking with you, man. Get out and PT, you turd. <laughs> yeah, get you some of that, YouTube. Get you some of that. That's like that sign all them celebrities put up. Later, turds. <laughs> if you're a turd, get off of this stream. What does that mean? You just holding your hand up, acting like your elbow's sticking out. <laughs> Yeah, I should have gave you Your this. Your elbow was going like that. I should have gave you this this morning. Jink said that he ate five guys for dinner's li dinner last night, and he's eating it again right now. <laughs> no, I like five guys. <laughs> he, I like five guys. He also likes ice cream at 9 o'clock every night. Five guys is good stuff, man. Hey, y'all want to know something out there? He ain't joking, but it's a joke because... You just select what you want to eat and don't eat, and whatever you eat is okay. Whether that's, that's whether his it's whole life. whether it's scientifically <laughs> clean or not don't really matter. But Chili. it's approved by Chad. Insert insert exercise, insert <laughs> hobbies, insert anything into what you just said, and that's him. That's right. Son. I'll give it right back to you. My 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 C five's been messed up for weeks too. <laughs> Goes along right with my hyperhomogenous extralopathy and everything else I got going on with me. So you won't even know, dude. Hey, you we don't got even a good know. question here in the super chat. Y'all want? Oh yeah. Y'all want to hear it? Yeah. We actually have already gotten two super chats. Mm. One's from Michael Marrera. He said, "Love your channel." Thank you, Michael. Pal, lots of wisdom and fun. Thanks from Brazil. Wow. All right. Well, we're about to get into some real good conversation here in a minute, Michael. I thought Thank he was going to ask a question. Well, yeah, this yeah. is the next guy, Stephen Maltese. He gives super chat. He said, are you aware of how little modern churches talk about eschatology? And if you are, why do you think they avoid the subject? Chili, tell us what eschatology is. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I can't even answer your question, Michael, because I don't even know what eschatology well, is. His name's Stephen. Well, I mean, uh, Stephen, I've never seen the, the word eschatology in the Bible, so I don't know well, what the crap it is. Well, essentially, Chad can't. He's not aware of it because he doesn't know what it is, but eschatology is essentially the study of the end times, the study of revelation and all that goes along. Why don't you just call it the study of end times? Who came up with the dang word eschatology? Okay, well. 
Can I tell you? It's what Chili says, but the dictionary says the part of theology concerned with death, judgment, and the final destiny of the soul and mankind. So what you're saying is right. Why do churches avoid talking about that? Uh, well, look, man. Look, mm. I I think look, Chili. I'd like to hear your perspective on this. Here, <laughs> wow. here's here's the thing. Here here's another thing about uh. What about me? Here's the ultimate re- yours too. Here's the reality about much of what I believe is written about the last days. I believe much of what is written and described in the Book of Revelation. Much of it will only be able to be clearly understood by the people who are living during the time that it's actually happening. I believe that much conversation around the subject of eschatology, thank you for teaching me that word this morning, Stephen, um, much conversation, and there's books that's written about this, and there's people all over this, man, and much of it is well, if if not ninety nine percent of it is theory, um, I, I don't think that the church is ready for discussion about eschatology. I think the church in America is having enough daggone problem processing the the gospel of Christ. I gave us I, I did a speech the other weekend. And I, I, I posed the question, why Jesus? And why did I pose the question, why Jesus? Because I believe that the majority of Christians in America can't answer the question, why Jesus? They can't even answer that simple question. You know what most of their answers would be? Why Jesus? Oh, because that's the way I was raised. Oh, because that's what, that's just the way I grew up. Why? That's not, that's, most American Christians don't even understand how to answer that daggone question. So if we go to having a a, a talk in, in American church about eschatology, that is dense. That's dense stuff that you have to, you have to grow in your relationship with Christ before you're even ready to have conversations about things like that with other believers. If you can't even answer the question in a logical way, why Jesus, it tells me you don't even know what the gospel is. So I don't even think it's something that needs to be being, dis, being dis, discussed in most congregations. That's really important to know what's going to happen to you when you die. I mean, I'm talking about this in the context of of end times prophetic type of scriptures, okay? So, what do you think about this, Chili? Do, do you think that most congregations should be, uh, pastors should be preaching uh, sermons on eschatology? <clears throat> well... I think his original question was about the lack of... Yeah, I may have got way off of your question, Stephen. I'm sorry. About, And and I'm not denying the premise of his question that that there's a lack of that, but I don't know that there's a lack of talk about that. I mean, I've been around that eschatological uh, conversations before. I mean, that may be a biased sample size of who I was around and 
my life, but I don't. I, I don't know how uncommon it is. I think I think a lot of things are probably uncommon across the landscape of of churches. Um, I mean, I'm sure it, it probably is uncommon. And as far as should it be talked about more, I think he also asked that as well, or something like that. I mean, I I do actually agree with with Chad on. I don't. I, yes, I think you should talk about it all. I think you should talk about the full gamut of 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 every type of question and every type of topic and and everything. But I think way too many people get wrapped up in precisely that eschatological questions that that you can't answer. And because how many times have people asked you, and how many times have people asked me? And any of us, well, when do you think this is happening? And it's some end times event. Like, what's the order of the rapture and the, and yeah. the you know, and I, I'm like, I don't know. And quite frankly, what does it really matter? Like, I don't need to know that. No. Like, they, they act as if that's important to like, like, you got to know it. I don't, I mean, that's one of those things. Maybe it's just the way I am. I'm not real concerned with it. Like, it doesn't, the order of some of those events, it really doesn't matter. If it's this or this, it don't really change anything for me. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't really know what it matters. So, I definitely don't think you should get too hung up in in that. I mean, I think some of those things are fun and to to think about and try to understand and process. And I'm that way about a lot of things that people would say you'll never understand. But to me, I try to. I I, I mean, I I don't. I don't think I've said it before. I don't know nothing. I don't know how anything is is knowable. I I don't. I try to not be arrogant enough to think that I'm capable of knowing anything. But I like to seek the understanding. I like to seek understanding and never cease to seek understanding about things. So I think it is important about about eschatology and and every and everything that you could possibly think about. But that's kind of what I think about that. And uh, Chad mentioned it too. So I want to. I want to say it too because it's been really relevant lately and I won't take too long, but what Chad was talking about is is essentially another word, apologetics, right? Defending the faith. If you claim to believe anything, I don't care what it is, the reason that I harp, whether you're a Christian or not, because the same principle applies, like defend it. You need to be able to defend what you say you believe if you're going to go promote it and especially if you're an evangelical that believes you need to 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 preach to all nations and tell people if you're going to do that which you don't have to do that (laughs) but if you're if you're going to do that and you you may never you may do that and never be asked why you believe what you believe or even have to defend it may be the case but if you are and you don't have an answer you're doing more of a disservice at that point than someone who just sits under a rock their whole life. Because what you did is you went out there and promoted something that somebody pushed back on and you had no answer. So all that does is validate in your, in their mind that you're wrong. Yeah. That's not a good thing. And, and, and I've said it before people that were raised like I was in around the church and by our Christian parents, that right there is probably the number one reason that people like me struggle and people like me have fallen away is because of that right there. 
Because the people that they grew up around their whole life, they see when they have their own questions, like I do, like I struggle, and they ask those questions and people don't have the answers. And then you try to, I mean, that's, that's what I've done as I've gotten older, is I've tried to provide a defense for every single thing I say that I believe. And, and, and when you see that people can't do that, it does more harm for the faith than people just not saying anything at all. I really believe that. Yeah. That's why it matters to me, and it may not matter to you. But a lot, I hear a lot of people say, well, hey, man, I, it's if they're ever pushed back against their faith, if they're ever challenged, which most people aren't because they never share it. And they say, they always get to a point where they say, well, whatever, it, it, you don't have to believe it, but I do. And it, and it, it, it gives me hope and it's, it's good for me. Well, you said you were trying to help people understand. <laughs> so just good for you. Well, what, what is your goal here? Are you trying to help people understand and share the hope that you have? Because you're not going to do that if you can't provide a defense for it. And some things are hard to, to understand. And I don't think some things we can. But that needs to be your goal, in my opinion, if you're going to share it. Because it falls flat without it. So that's something I am very passionate about. Whatever it is you believe, provide a defense for it. There's nothing I hate more than if somebody makes a claim and you ask them, why do you think that way? And they, and they either look at you like you're an idiot or they provide some nonsensical rambling bullcrap that doesn't make any sense. That's ridiculous. You're a freaking grown adult. If you're going to make some statement, people do it flippantly about all kinds of things, politics, yeah. whatever else. Provide a defense for it. I don't care what it is. You need to be able to articulate a logical and reasonable response to why you believe what you believe. If you're going to go promote it and talk about it. People love to talk about their views on politicians and the climate and the Ukraine and Russia war. Well, whatever your stance is, have a defense for it because it's real easy to just be a bloviating idiot and, and, and spout off your views that are unfounded on nothing. So that's why conversations are the way they are today and everybody looks like a retard because nobody has a defense for what they believe. They just spout off nonsense. Nobody has a conversation where they can debate another person respectfully who may disagree with them and they can both do that, both defend their points with logic and then get to a conclusion. A lot more people would agree if they did that. I'm done. Well... You know why most people want to be told what to believe? Because at that point, it doesn't require any work. Because you know, you know the main ingredient that it takes to be able to defend the things that you believe in. How you get to that point is diligent work. Right. It's setting aside time to dig in and come to the best conclusion and the best logical answer that you can possibly find with the material that you have available. But most of you guys 
just want somebody to tell you how to believe, what to believe, what to do. Because then there's no work required, right? And then, and, and is that belief at that point? I mean, what is belief? If yeah. you just say, well, I just believe something because somebody told me. Well, what is that? That's not, that's not even the same thing. You're just a freaking blind. I mean, I don't even know what that is. These, these, these terms have gotten confused in today's language. And you can't even almost talk about it because it's, it's, people are so off, off target, I, I feel, with, with, with what we're even talking about. I mean, the other day I heard somebody say, a lot of the chat will know who this is. His name's John MacArthur. He's a very prominent Christian figure. Many, many people really love what he has to say. I ain't got nothing bad to say about him, but I heard him the other day delivering a speech and he was, he was dumbfounded by a recent survey of evangelicals. And he said, most of these, 50% of evangelicals surveyed said they don't believe this. And, and they, they, they don't believe this. And 40% said they don't believe this. And he's like, it's just unbelievable. Half the, the, half the population of them don't even know what they believe. I found that statement funny. They don't know what they believe. Well, no, they believe whatever it is that they believe. But they're off, off target of the, the doctrine that you're talking about. I just found it very odd the way he phrased that. It's like, you're an evangelical, according to him, because you say you are. Not because of what you actually believe. It's just very interesting, the, the way the conversation has morphed into today's today's world i don't even know if that made sense but but it, it struck me the way we talk about things like half of christians don't even know what they believe i think the way to say that is maybe half of christians don't know what they claim to believe you see the distinction or or, or saying half of or i would say more than half of the christians don't have a defense yeah. for their position that they that they right. that they hold, right? Or that they try to uphold. Yeah. And I think um, that's a problem. Here here's here's some advice I have for you guys. I, I don't generally give out advice. Uh I just generally tell you my life experience, but for for you guys Here's what you need to start out with. Understanding the gospel. Understanding the gospel of Christ. Answering the question, why Jesus? Find that answer and learn to articulate it. All right? Because that is the foundation. And here's why I tell you to start with that. Before you start with eschatology, before you start with all these other, all this other stuff, right? I told you guys, I made a post yesterday. I'm beginning to finally become unstupid enough to learn that just that, just having a solid understanding and defense for 
the pure cut and dry gospel is enough. It is enough for you to spend the rest of your life just portraying that to your brothers and sisters or to people who are lost. It is enough. You don't have to, if you want to break, if, if you want to be used by God to glorify God and bring and draw others to Christ, you don't have to have a cool story. You don't have to have a cool skill. You don't have to be some muscle guy. You don't have to be any of this others. You just have to have a solid understanding of the gospel and to be able to articulate that to others. And that, to be able to live it out. That's enough. That's enough. Yeah. All right. Now, Biscuit always wants to have some fun on the podcast. This kind of conversation is fun to me. <laughs> I love this. Um, but I do want to recap Team PT because we did tell the people that uh, we would start doing that. <laughs> Let me tell you guys, man, Team PT this morning was... Um, it says we're having an internet problem. I mean, That's what it says. Yeah. It, it was... It was ugly, guys. So I'm going to let Tech Guy go ahead and uh, kick us off with uh, talking about Team PT this morning. Well, there ain't much to say. I mean, what what, what the crap, man? What's your complaint? Yeah, what, really. What, start with your complaint about Tech Guy and then move to me because I'm confused about what the complaint even is. Well, look, guys, here's the reality. Uh, if you listen to the Enough Said podcast, I, 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 I really opened up to you guys last week and talked to you guys kind of about where I've been uh, over the the course of the last year, just in terms of not really, not really being hungry, being aimless, right? Not having um, just a, a fire in me to to be who I who I really am. Uh, and Team PT, man, over the last year has just been. It's been, I've been too easy on you guys. Well, it gets this way every winter. You don't feel like doing nothing. You want to go to the gym. It's cold, rainy. You don't, Chili said it the other day. I, I've been He too. said, are we going to start doing hard team PTs again, or are we just going to keep doing these few mile runs, 30-minute gym workouts? So, I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all, I'm going to go ahead and warn y'all, these team PTs are about to get hard. He said and, this same thing and, last year. We're going to go get, I don't care how cold it is, we're going to go swim in the lake. It's so no, uh, guess what never happened. I remember the first morning y'all were so, supposed to go swim in the lake when it was cold, and he said, "Nope, I ain't yeah. doing that." So there's yeah. your. I, I just go sit in the sauna, man. Yeah. <laughs> there's your fair warning, gentlemen, uh, for you guys to be able to perform to satisfactory levels on Team PT. You're actually going to have to be putting in work throughout the week. I do what I want for for when we show up. Team PT this morning was long run. And hey, I got uh, this PST. If you don't pass it. 
You're going to have to get kicked out. <laughs> Don't long- man, it's a little bit too much. We ain't doing that again. He has yet to pass it's it. It's a long run on the... Oh, crap, man. On the, uh, you have yet to pass it. Yeah, what happened to that PSD? Hey, that you guys are distracting couldn't, me, man. We're couldn't talking. pass it, so it went away. He well, it just the, dissolved. No, man. I'm yeah. going to keep distracting you if you're going to act like you passed the PSD because you, you, you sure didn't. No, you ain't never passed. No, man, you guys... That that I don't believe that's true. I believe I have passed that. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, tw- 15 years ago, maybe. So, look. That See wasn't how- even the 307 Project PST. That's <laughs> uh-uh. some Navy PST. We did a long run this morning. He's avoiding it. Don't <laughs> let him do this. This is what he does in our marriage, too. If there's something going on, he just ignores it and tries to move on until everybody gives up. Yeah. Don't give up, Chili. Well, no, I already called him out. If yeah. you think he passed it, you're an idiot. He we failed. Not. He sucks at CrossFit still. <laughs> I smoked the freaking taters off. I nearly lapped him on a workout the other day. And yeah. he, I stood up better from a mountain bike ride. But I ain't got no strength in my hand. My pinky's crooked. And yeah. I can't breathe. And you know, my butt's got calluses on it. Some of us actually, itches. some of us actually still race around here. Well, yeah. you need to stop because you've been Man. out of commission for three weeks. I think that was it. a shot at me. Oh my god! Some of us are actually still in the game around here. You know. I still uh, didn't get my chance to talk about eschatology. Oh, man. All right. We got two and a half miles into this run. <laughs> Blake here twists his ankle. Mm-hmm. Twists his. Uh, Look how swollen it is. Oh, I see. And he, Ooh. he just, he was done. He had to hobble back down the mountain. <laughs> you better take your shoes off. Me and... He got, I, and I tell you what, he was falling behind even before he twisted his ankle. So I, I, I was telling him, I told both of these turds, I said, I'm going to run with y'all today, okay? So y'all set the pace. Well, then Chili was setting the pace going up the mountain, and Blake was falling back, and I was like, Blake, keep up. So he was already pissed off. I ain't pissed off. Uh, I'm going to do my own thing. And then when he twisted his ankle, son, he just fell apart. Well, yeah. He just he just slapped, had an emotional breakdown right there in the dang trail. I mean, just, just me off. Uh, this stupid running is stupid. If you run, it's stupid. Blake, I've never seen you have such an emotional breakdown, man. That made me mad. Uh, you know, we're gonna have to have a talk about that later. You know, you ain't talking to me about um, nothing. And so. Chili and I carried on, man, and um, we're going. How long was that run this morning? Probably like what, Blake? What do you I don't think? wear a watch, Chad. 10, I don't 12 know. Miles? 10, 12 10 miles. miles. Ten miles. Ten miles. It wasn't no more than ten. We're, no. we're going. We're going on along, you know, and and um, I, I'm just every five minutes I'm having to slow down to a literal shuffle to wait for Chili to catch back up to me. Well, that's not true. Come on, Chili. A shuffle. Yeah, man, I was having to slow down to what I felt like was a shuffle well, it for, you, a, for you to catch back up to me. I mean, I will did, defend that. It wasn't a shuffle. Did the treadmill race break your spirit or what? <laughs> because it, there was a point on the run today that I asked Chili. I said, are you, <laughs> c- can you, this is funny. <laughs> I said, can you really not run any faster than that? Or are you intentionally holding back for some reason? <laughs> you remember what I said? No, you, 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 I don't remember. Did you, you didn't give me a clear answer. Yeah, I did. I said, yeah, I reckon I probably could, but I'm trying to keep my heart rate below 180. Okay. That was the goal there. Okay. Um, Spiking on them hills. 
(laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, Chili barely made it through the run. Uh, Oh, my gosh. We get back to the truck, man, and, you know. Dude, we beat Blake to the truck. We didn't go that slow. Yeah, we went pretty. Y'all ran pretty fast. Pretty dang slow. We were three miles. So, y'all ran seven miles in about 40 minutes. Yeah, on trail, yeah. I mean, hey. Yeah. And Chad, that felt really slow to me. Well, Chad, um, yeah, I mean, you're you could have ran that route faster than me today if we just all out raced. I mean, ain't much doubt about that. Guess what, man? Nobody cares. Guess what? <laughs> what? What's up? I'm not concerned with the 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 exact speed and pace of my run right now i've got alternate goals that i'm gonna freaking set world records in buddy so you just stay tuned for that you just keep getting weak and you just keep running and getting weak and okay. beat down and losing weight and losing muscle and you you just see how this all turns out okay. in the end i'm playing the long game I'm, buddy. A, I'm gonna hold you accountable to that then i'm playing the long game all right, you gonna break a record this year? Oh yeah, this year. All right, Roger that. Okay, that was Team PT this morning. Um, what do you have to say, Biscuit? The crap. <laughs> what do you have to say about the thing you weren't a part of right. this morning? You know what would be really cool is if you would include me in the conversations, not stuff about things that I wasn't involved in well we can retroactively go back to eschatology the eschatology and the conversation it would have been nice if you would have done that during that conversation that was your day yesterday you just gotta jump in yesterday oh the rock climbing yeah that's exactly i want to dig it exactly what my shovel out how was it what's happening right now with him attacking you and chili reminds me a lot of yesterday yeah like he went after children on Instagram. Whoa. They provoked me. Whoa. He literally called them like, what did you say? Turds and rock yeah. climbing is stupid and all this stuff. Yeah. Just demoralizing. <sighs> I don't I don't know what to say. I don't. Well, you no. Know, he, he committed to that and then he backed out. He did. I mean. Yeah. But he said he didn't remember committing, so he that, backed that out. I don't mean nothing. I mean, it's me- there's documentation that his memory sucks, so how can you say because I don't remember it, it didn't happen? <laughs> That's the excuse he uses all the time. Well, this is your docu- chance. This is your chance here, Brooke. Well, I mean, so I can just tell people like what, <laughs> what. So we <laughs> look at him. Boo, he's you're, getting you're, so you're, mad. Look how mad. I know he's you, fumbling you, with that pen. Yeah. You have the camera oh, on him so, so people can see. You know, you <laughs> know, mad the, the viewers, the viewers <laughs> get upset about you putting me down whoa so well if the know, viewers knew the times that. they've got upset like with the cold plunge thing and then as you acted all innocent on youtube as soon as we got off and the the record button went off you were like hey, hey how'd you like that and like <laughs> you 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 intentionally used that <laughs> okay you intentionally picked that subject just to piss me off and get a rise out of me and that's what people don't know it ain't right well, it's it's manipulation is it what is. it is. And that's people just don't know. They just see me being angry and they're like, Well, she's crazy but they don't know that he does that to us all. He does it to Blake and Chili too. He said it the other day. He said, 
Blakely's just manipulating y'all. I know that because I manipulate people. Yep. Wow, he's Machiavellian. That's yeah. what he yeah. is. Yep. So just straight up. Real, Let real me show y'all how mad he's getting. Look, here's the camera. Look how mad. Oh, he's mad. Look how antsy he's bouncing his leg. You guys see why? You guys see now why I have to maintain the highest level of strength and endurance, both physically, uh, <laughs> mentally, and physically. Yeah, we'll just combine those two. Physically, the the most physically, uh, mental and physical strength above all all these others How does around Blake here. Beat you in CrossFit. I have to do that because uh, I have to live in a manner amongst these to, to where I peasants. <laughs> I have to be undeniably great amongst them. You wouldn't if you didn't talk so much crap about everybody. Their job yeah. is to try to, to 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 say all these things about me. Well, when I just crush their souls in whatever we're doing, Can, uh, what? Uh, go ahead, say whatever you want well, to let, say. Okay. Let the record. Well, he show. is okay. mad. Look let, how mad he is. Let the record show. I didn't put you down at all today. I'm not. Put, I wasn't going to put you down. I was just going to tell everybody real quick what I'm referring to with just the rock like, climbing. You think the truth puts you down? Yeah, I'm just stating I mean, facts. It's just <laughs> truth. You guys, embellish. if it puts you down, then you got to check what you how you feeling. Okay, real quick. So two months ago, we hung out with the wards, James and Jennifer, and they said we're going to be at our house in Alabama on this date which was yesterday two months from now do you guys want to do something i love rock climbing right i love it it's fun and you get to be outside all day and we put it on the calendar i let chad know i put it on his calendar and then it rolls up and i say hey you still good to do this he's like no i ain't going rock climbing and just last week he had a conversation when he asked me if i would go work on his uh land cruiser is that what's called Something like that. Yeah, his truck with him. And I Old said, jalopy. I said, no, I don't really want to go work on the truck. He said, well, we need to start doing things with each other that, you know, we don't like. If you like something, I need to come do it with you. He, uh, initiate and, manipulation. Yeah. <laughs> and so I brought that up yesterday. I said, well, this is time with our friends. You're going to be traveling a lot coming up. And I really like rock climbing. And there's also trails where we were going and he wanted to run. So I was like, well, why don't you just come run? While we're rock climbing, and then you can just hang out with us if you don't want to climb. The reason he doesn't like rock climbing is because he's not good at it. He tried it one time, and he was terrible. Yeah. Um, he probably said it was dangerous, didn't he? Yes. He also said he didn't want to go because he didn't want to get injured. Yeah. Is that's what he said. Things he can't do, he calls them dangerous. It's like a, <laughs> an added definition to dangerous, unable to do. Yeah. Yep. So That's so funny that he used that. So, yeah. So, yesterday, I went by myself. <laughs> All day. And uh, James and Jennifer's kids sent him a video, and they just said, you should try things that you're not good at multiple times and see if you can get better. And it set him off. It offended him, didn't so, it? So he went on Instagram and, like, blasted these kids. And I think they're in middle school. Um, and he blasted them on Instagram. Yeah, even that. Yeah. Jeez. It was, and then Man, I went by myself. Kids, no dang slack. All day long, and Sad. rock climbed. With I don't another. even like kids. <laughs> I feel bad for you, Brooke. Thank you. I just wish somebody would go on that Wikipedia dictionary and just add like a third or fourth option under under dangerous and say unable to do, <laughs> unable to perform task. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's Man, good. I, Remember muscle ups you know, are dangerous. I, I was going to muscle learn muscle ups. <laughs> You know, they're dangerous. 
GHD setups are dangerous. Boo, defend yourself from the situation. No, nah, man. You should be able to provide a defense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll provide a daggone defense. Some Look how mad he is, guys. Some Look. people have to stink in work, son. You didn't work yesterday. Oh, did I? But, Blake, did I work yesterday? Yes, I worked. <laughs> the, da- the daggone... <laughs> What kind of stinking podcast is this, man? What kind of podcast is this? You're leading the show, man. Take control. Yeah, you're leading the show. You attacked Blake and your wife. And and he does and, that every and time. You. And, quite, and you and quite frankly, you you tried to you tried to just humiliate Chili. Do we even have anybody <laughs> so, watching this anymore? Two hundred. So so they are giving you retribution. I'll just let my actions pay you back for what you said to me. But they're they're just dishing it out now. Okay. Those are C, uh, C-130s flying yeah. over? Low. Yep. All right. Yeah, they're here. Here's what I want to talk about today. Um, and and uh, you guys just butt in wherever you want to add commentary, okay? What When I want to butt in, what do I do? Just start talking. <laughs> Do start. I need to wait till you're done talking? No, you can just talk over me if you want. And you'll stop talking when I start talking. Okay. Yeah. I, I do want to. I do want to make the uh, the the uh, statement before we dig into what I want to talk about today. Brooke and I actually do love each other, and we have a good marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to let you listeners know that. <laughs> Every time you guys see me and Brooke on the podcast, we are just boy. We we really uh, we we let it all out. Fight but, like uh, cats and dogs. I just want y'all to know when you say things, you can't manifest things with your speech. <laughs> no, he's right. We do. We do have a great yeah. relationship. He We've does, had a great last couple of weeks. He yeah. does turn into an evil. We have. It's true. We have had a good little season. Probably about two weeks. Um, you just turn evil on the podcast. <laughs> Chili, Chili thinks it's funny that I said we had a good two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say about past mm, 16 years we've had mm, two, three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Look. Oh, man. No, I agree, boo. Yes, I do love you so much, baby. You're uh, the most beautiful woman. No, you're just Every enough. Mo- that's enough. I love I s- you, too. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um. <laughs> A lot of people have asked me, uh, inquiring about this revival that's been happening out at this college in Kentucky. Um, I've had quite a few DMs. People ask me, "Well, what is uh, what's my take on it?" And this and that. And and here's the here's the ultimate answer to to what you're what the questions you're asking me about this revival happening in Kentucky is uh, I would have to be there. Like, I, I wasn't there, right? So, you know, what little that I have researched uh, or looked about that, it has, um, I, I've seen clips of people supposedly having demons casted out of them and screaming and uh, that's the main, I guess, the, high, the, the one that was like, Whoa, okay. Um, I'm not there, man. I don't know what is being uh, said there. I don't know what's being done there. 
uh, we somebody actually hit us up and asked if we would come out there. And uh, Blake was asking me the other day, do you want to go out there? And I really, I really searched my heart and prayed and I, I felt no urge to, to interject myself into whatever was happening out there. Um, so I'm not, we didn't go out there. Um, here's, here's what I want to talk about. I had another guy ask me just yesterday. He said, uh, well, you know, I've been meaning to ask you and your brother, where do you guys stand on, um, speaking in tongues and casting out demons and all of this stuff and, and I think that's a lot of what we're we at least has been portrayed has been going on out at this uh, revival. And who knows, man, that might might have been a great thing. And the gospel might have been the at the forefront of that revival. Here's the thing, though: if the gospel of Jesus was not at the very forefront of that revival if it was not the absolute foundation of it, then that's dangerous. I'll tell you guys a story real quick. When I was baptized in 2012, I was baptized at a Pentecostal church. Um, actually, by Doyle. Doyle baptized me. And, uh, and there was, there was, it was very odd because I was a new, um, really new to Christ. You know, I had just come home, got saved, come home. I wanted somebody to baptize me. I went there, was baptized. And there was this ex, there was this, I'll never forget it. There was this strange expectation from this congregation of believers that when they baptized me, there was the expectation that if I truly received the Holy Spirit in that moment through that through the, this act of baptism, which in my opinion, baptism is a representation of obedience to Christ and what he asked us to do. That's what it is. Um, that the evidence would be that I would speak in tongues like the rest of them. And they baptized me. And I was just like, Thanks for baptizing me. <laughs> Appreciate that. I wanted to be obedient to Christ. Christ said, Christ commanded for us to be baptized. It's a representation and, and obedience and us partaking in his death, burial, and resurrection. It's what it is. Well, I, I didn't jump up out of this tank of water and start speaking in tongues and jumping around like the rest of them. And I think they kind of thought, this guy don't really get it. That didn't stick. Yeah, that, oh, that, <laughs> this guy wasn't ready for this. He didn't get it. And maybe that wasn't the way they were feeling about me, but these people were jumping around, falling out on the floor, doing all this. Look, man, my 
walk with Christ and my service to Christ has been a lar- largely been a unemotional logical process of growth it hasn't been filled with all of these um crazy signs and wonders and miracles and all my my experience is that the creator of the universe at this point in time largely works within the boundaries of the laws of nature. Now, can the creator of the universe still provide miracles? Yes. Can does do, do we as believers still have authority through Christ over spiritual hosts of wickedness? Yes. Um but I believe it is the, the human's nature to seek and elevate highly emotional experiences and i believe that is extremely dangerous i believe that is extremely dangerous when i look at scripture and and you look at scripture and you look at places where let's say some sort of some sort of miracle or or some or disciple a disciple or Jesus exercised some authority over a evil spirit well when i read the text the text doesn't imply a bunch of shouting and screaming and emotion it's simply the man of god giving a commandment to this evil thing to depart in the name of Christ. That's it. It's very unemotional. And it's being led by the Spirit of Christ. When we look at circumstances, people want to talk about speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is a scriptural thing. I think that it can be, I think that it needs to be studied though. Because if we look at the first instance of the disciples uh, speaking in tongues would be Acts chapter 2. It was for a purpose. The disciples, the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples on the day of what's called the day of Pentecost. The disciples actually went out into the streets. They were speaking in a tongue But if you read the context of why they were speaking, they were speaking in languages, actual human languages that they did not know. The reason that they were empowered to speak in a language that they did not know, there was a reason for that. It was so that they could portray and convey the gospel to people in in Jerusalem that had come from all over the world that spoke different languages 
They were given the ability to speak in these other languages to convey the gospel to people who didn't speak the same language that they spoke. There, there was a reason for it. it. Had nothing to do with emotion. It had nothing to do with them seeking the ability to do that. That gift was given to them and that miracle happened in that moment for a reason. Now, we don't have time here to break down the, the entire, we're not going to get too hung up on speaking in tongues because we can go into Corinthians and, and look more into it there. Well, can I just, can I ask a question? Yes, ma'am, go ahead. So you're saying that you believe that if someone's in a church worshiping and they don't have a need to speak a different language and they are filled with the Holy Spirit and break out in tongues, you're saying you don't, since there's not a real purpose that you don't believe that that's, that might be an emotional reaction. So that's where we would have to go in and look in second, or uh, I think it's first Corinthians actually, um, and really dissect that. Uh, yeah, if you guys want to dissect that, that's for, uh, first Corinthians chapter 14. Paul gives a lot of, uh, the Holy Spirit through Paul gives a lot of context on this other instance of speaking in tongues. So I, it, the, the scripture describes two instances. The first instance in, in Acts chapter 2 was them actually speaking in other languages, human languages. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14 is going to go in and really give you context on what we see in charismatic churches as people speaking in an unknown language and what is the purpose of that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where you guys find that. You should Everybody should read that if you're interested in this subject, okay? You also have the Tower of Babel where everybody began speaking in different languages all of a sudden. Yeah. They did that on purpose, though. To, well, God did that. Yeah, yeah. to yeah. scramble everybody, right. right? Yeah. Prior to that, there was one language on earth. All, all of yeah. humanity spoke in the same language, which would make logical sense. Um, but they was acting up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so what do you think? So what, what I think is that... Very cut and dry. Wouldn't I, I, I think... And, and Blake, I'd love to hear your perspective on this because I think this is something that's very close to your heart is um, I think what I said earlier, that humans are very apt to seek and cling to highly emotional experiences. And I do not, it has not been my experience in serving Christ uh, that it is a a highly emotional experience. I will tell you, there have been times that I have felt emotion involved with my faith, but generally it is, it is an overwhelming emotion of thanksgiving for what Christ did for me, his death, burial, and resurrection. And that's about as far as the emotion, emotion goes. Even when the Holy Spirit has revealed things to me, through my mind's eye, he showed me something that has been tremendously impactful to me. It's been it's been very unemotional. Is there something to say for that, though, that naturally you are not an emotional person and that the Holy Spirit would use th the natural traits of a person? Like if, if someone was inherently more emotional and emotionally like connected, that he might use that, you know, for his own good. I, I don't. I personally, 
I, I, it's hard for me to, I can't say no to that because I don't understand completely how the Holy Spirit works in and through each individual within the body of Christ, right? Um, I, I would say, though, here, th- this is what, from my perspective, what would be dangerous about that and why I would lean on the side of no, God would not interact with someone that way, play to their emotional side. Because what will happen, and I think what does happen at many of these revivals, at many of these uh, charismatic churches, um, congregations, we are the church, charismatic congregations. Uh, I think what is happening is people are elevating the emotional experience above Jesus. They're seeking an emotional experience. There, this is this is what this amps everybody up. When somebody's up on the stage screaming and yelling in the name of Christ, and then somebody's got a demon in them, and they start screaming and writhing on the floor, and and, and people are drawn to that. And the and then what happens when they're drawn to that is they're elevating that over the gospel of Christ. Nothing can be elevated over the gospel of Christ. I just think humans are manifesting these things in many scenarios because they are elevating an emotional experience. Yeah, I here, mean, here, go ahead, Blake. I think you you just can't interpret. Uh, you can't interpret what God is is speaking to you and truth through emotions. So, like, how many times has someone told you a story and they'll be like? Man, just telling this story gives me chill bumps, and somehow they think that that should give their story credibility that it's true because it's giving me chill bumps, and that's the Holy Spirit does is not giving you chill bumps to prove that your story is true. True is true. What the Bible says is true, regardless of how you emotionally respond to it. I mean, I would say any emotional response that I've ever had to something Jesus has shown me has been humbling, or or made me feel like, gosh, I'm just I'm this big. And brought mm-hmm. me to tears, and has not been this yelling, screaming, shouting. But that's me. I mean, I, 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 again, I've had, like Chad said, I have had emotional responses to things that I feel like that I know God is showing me, but they look differently than what other people do. That's not to say theirs is wrong, but I don't interpret. Oh, that was the Holy Spirit because it brought me to tears. I don't interpret that. I don't worship God because. Uh, I feel a certain way, or I don't think that he hears my prayers when I really feel like he heard my prayers. I know he hears my prayers because the Bible says he hears my prayers. I worship God because the Bible says to worship God. And the things that are shown to me from God, if they are biblical, then I believe that they're from God, whether I got emotional or not. And so I think that's the line you got to watch is interpreting what God is showing you through emotion. And, and justifying it off of that. Does that make sense? It does, like, yeah. yeah. So I think that's the that's the line is, is, yeah, you can have these emotional responses, but you can't say whether it's true or not based on the emotion that you felt during that time. I like that. And, and I agree with what you're saying, Boo, about if you elevate somebody speaking in tongues or somebody having a demon and they think that the pastor did that and they don't acknowledge that that was done through Christ and it's not whatever happened is not biblical it cannot be traced back to scripture saying it's possible then yeah that's a problem but my mind keeps going to in this conversation like cultural things 
Like when I stayed down with Emmy one time, I forgot you left and they were doing a census. So me and her neighbor went to an African-American church down the street. Mm-hmm. And I have never felt the worship like their culture in their faith, even though it's the same Bible. I think they were a Baptist church. Their culture is they worship very emotionally and they're really into it. And like, I don't, I don't think, I think like you're saying, as long as their intentions are, are good, if they're just culturally more emotional and they get down with that stuff, like, you know, I loved it. I was moved and I was sitting there. I felt it, you know, and I don't know. And I always wonder that when I'm in a church and I get emotional a lot of times when, um, they're worshiping, I'm like, is this just me? Is this just be me moved by all these people that are also moved, or is this the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've never been able to understand that emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I just feel like it's a personality cultural thing. But is is there so? I don't know. I'm just trying to think of how you're seeing the Kentucky thing, and like, is is there possibly good things coming out of that? Well, emotion evokes emotion. If you see someone crying, many people will also want to cry, right? And when someone's, like, we say it all the time, Chad, he can put his, like, he can, if he's happy and walks into a room, a lot of people can be happy. But if he's mad and he only walks into a room, then every, he drags everybody down. And so emotion can evoke emotion. You just have to be sincere and not say that I went to this this church down here and they were worshiping and I really... I really felt it, and then I went to this other church, and they were worshiping differently, and I didn't really feel it. It's it's the intent of the worshiper's heart, and we can't discern that. So you just have to worship with a sincere heart, regardless of, of how you feel, Like mm-hmm. because emotion will evoke emotion. You can be around something that's totally not spiritual, and someone else's emotion can impress something on you. And you respond emotionally, and it could not even be an, a spiritual matter. Yeah, and and also we talk about elevating the the emotions, and I think one of the big aspects to that is I think a lot of a lot of congregations <laughs> think that their level of emotion basically in, evokes the presence of the Holy Spirit within their congregation. That they're thinking, if we get excited, if we yell, if we fire, get fired up, if we get to crying, if we get to doing all this stuff, that God is really going to descend upon us. That is elevating emotion above the gospel, right? God, the Father, and Jesus Christ is already omnipresent. Your emotion has no bearing on his presence in your life. The gospel has the bearing on his presence in your life. Whoa. Tripping a breaker up in here, son. Yeah. Still alive. We go to having these conversations, man. I'm about to get emotional up in here, man. (laughs) But anyways, think about that, guys. Think about that. And, And who am I to discern uh, another human's heart. You can't. What what I what I'm what I'm trying to get to here is when you see these things happening, either live or you see 
the, the thing that I saw of somebody casting a demon out at this revival, you better take that with a grain of salt. Because who are we to discern a human's heart? If you see another believer in Christ weeping or shouting or, or, or being emotional, we can't discern that emotion. Is that legitimately tied to Jesus? Is that person weeping for the right reasons? Why does that matter for you? No, no, I, I'm not saying it matters. I'm saying it could be good or bad. I'm not saying I'm, I'm saying I'm not the one to discern that. Well, I'm just I, saying when you see those things, don't be overly drawn to them. When you see those things, don't think automatically that there's something big happening. That's what I would say. Don't think that there's that 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 automatically there's something big happening and, and you all of a sudden are drawn to it and you want to to just interject yourself and be a part of it. Because that's very potentially not the case. There may not be anything big happening. It may be a bunch of humans screwing a bunch of stuff up. I don't know. My, right? my concern with this conversation, I, I absolutely hear what you're saying. And I, I see what you're saying about like Kentucky and people, people could see what's going on there and drop everything. Like I got to go down there and it'll help me in my faith. I'm struggling and all those. And I can see like where that would be a bad thing. But I can also see where people will start to look at other people who are in church weeping, who, who do go down to the altar at the end of church and get on their knees and weep and cry and people lay hands on them and like where other Christians could start to like, Oh, look at them. No, you know, they're yeah. really emotional. And that, like, and that would be, it, it would be wrong to judge someone in, in that scenario because, because like we said, we, you, you can only discern your own heart right now. I mean, there, there are, there are, there are scenarios where, it, it, it's over the top. Yeah. Like you, you're talking about your, um, who's that freaking Hamalama guy? Hamalama. Um, uh, uh, Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland. And, and who's Benny Hinn and all like, there are situations that are over the top where you can have immediate discernment and say, no, dude, you, you are, you are appealing to people's emotions yeah. Is that and evoking the, emotions. The, the discernment with Kenneth Copeland and whoever else you want to name would probably lie more with the rest of their life and their actions and their words, yeah. not, not a 10-second clip that you saw in isolation. You would probably make a judgment of those people based on the fact that he you know, demands a, a private jet from his congregation and, mm. and the other things that he displays and lives in his life it wouldn't be the five it wouldn't even be the five second clip that you saw so true discernment would take more context i think in in many scenarios yeah I are agree. those the people who had the earpieces in who the people filled out the prayer requests and at the yeah in I the mean, middle they would call their name and yeah, i mean look it's all of this stuff i don't have a freaking clue what they're even talking about some revival in kentucky i mean i really don't I, I saw something one time 
said something about Asbury Revival. Didn't even look. I don't even know what it is. I really don't. I don't know nothing about it, but I think that's what they're talking about. I don't. Uh, I would say I'm generally pretty skeptical. <laughs> well, of everything, but whenever you see people who have these experiences, you know, so many times it is the Kenneth Copelands of the world and people associated with that kind of thing. And you're like, well, what's going on here? But yeah, I mean, how am I, how am I going to sit here and say that, that nobody's having some real experience like that just because I haven't, you know, I mean, I haven't experienced nothing like that either. You know, I, I mean, I haven't, I mean, nothing. I don't feel nothing ever. I, I'm emotionless. I don't believe that. <laughs> well, we've, we've talked about that before, but no, I mean, for real, I don't, you know, that, that's to me, that's, that's, that's the short way of saying like, you don't know what's going on with people. You don't know what their heart is. You don't know what they're actually experiencing. You know, just like your story of your testimony. Yeah. Your experience in the, the barracks. People weren't there. People don't know what you were feeling or experiencing or yeah. whatever you want to say. You I know, mean, and, and well, that, that, that brings a, a great a great part or, or a great side to this conversation to add to a, a true experience that I had. Um just playing right into what we're talking about in that specific experience. And, and the reason that I'm talking to you guys about this is because when James called me and prayed over the phone, there was no emotion. He wasn't worked up. He, I didn't feel anything, uh, like not like nothing crazy happened. It, it was very logical. He was a, being obedient to what God's word told him to do and how to help us in this scenario. And, and, and so all that I can really be sure about when I'm speaking to you guys here on this podcast today is, um, I can be sure that my walk with Christ, even in the midst of really powerful things and moments that I've had have been very unemotional and very real, but at the same time, very unemotional. And that's been my personal experience. Well, and I think Brooke's got a point in saying that, that some people are, are more emotional than others. And so, but if you, I feel like putting in, spiritual spirituality into the emotion is confusing it for people and so if you just look at mo emotions alone we know that they're they're they don't lead you well think of any time you've acted in emotion or based off of emotion it's usually probably the wrong action it's the the result of that has been bad yeah and then so you plug in christianity to that and and, and you know whatever spirituality into the emotion then you still shouldn't make decisions based off of the emotion you are seeing or feeling. So it's from two angles. The, you know, you're seeing it, and then you're feeling it. But you are going to respond emotionally, depending on who you are, differently to the experience you have. You're going to respond differently to something that you see and happen than I am or Brooke or Chili because we all experience emotion 
differently. So just because it's unemotional for you doesn't mean it will be for someone else. But that just further drives home the fact that you can't interpret truth through the emotion you're seeing or feeling. Well, I mean, also, how technical do you get with that? Because you, like, I, I know what you're saying, and I know what you mean, but you, when you were in the barracks, you felt an emotion of fear to some degree and then made that call to James Pastor Cordell, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's there's an element of emotion, but it's, what's the distinction there when it's, when we say... It's allowing, it's allowing... To me, it is um, like when you're when you allow the emotion to be the thing, the thing is when it when it becomes unhealthy. I when Blake was just talking, I was thinking about. Do you remember when we went to that Church of God for a long time in Virginia Beach yeah. that we stuck with for a while? And I think you were deployed. I don't know. Maybe you weren't. I think it was the only time I've ever gone down to an altar before. Mm -hmm. And I remember the sermon was just very like vanilla. This is who Jesus is. He's waiting for you. Like you have a purpose. And the whole time I was still using drugs Mm -hmm. and I, it was so heavy, the guilt. And there was a lot of emotions like, Mm -hmm. Oh crap. Like there's a creator out there who has a plan for me and I can't do the plan because I'm too busy effing it up. And like that made me sad mm-hmm. and that made me feel guilty. And then I did go down to the altar and a bunch of people came down and laid hands on me. It makes me emotional thinking about it, truly. And I was sitting there being very emotional because I knew that I was failing at serving my God serving my creator. Mm-hmm. That's an emotional thing. When, yeah. you, when you wrap your head around that somebody created all of this and you're never going to live up to the standard, thank goodness for Jesus, mm-hmm. that can be an emotional Amen realization. Yes. I mean, Amen anybody. To that. And that's healthy. Yeah. I feel yep. like I, I feel like there's a lot of instances where being in church or first learning about the gospel especially or working through your own demons figuratively and literally can be a very emotional process. Mm-hmm. And I think those emotions can be supplemental. They, they can, served you well, right? Right. They served you through those emotions. You recognized, oh, there's something here, and right. I need to get this together. Right. And, and, and was that the Holy Spirit, or was that just my human emotions of guilt and shame and longing to be better? Well, that's a pretty deep question because you could say, how do you feel much aside from what the Holy Spirit is? That's what, that's what I'm saying. Feel, you know? That's what I'm saying. Oh, that, that's a very healthy experience that you just described. That's a very uh, that's that's awesome. But now, the the unhealthy is or the, the can co- I say one yeah, thing real ahead. quick? I do not cry loudly. I do not yell. I'm embarrassed to cry. Yeah. So I'll be down there, like, and I'll just have tears going. Other people, if I were to let that go in that moment of like all of that bottled up pain and just suffering and years of trauma and like oh my gosh I could be it might sound a little wild if I were to just let go of of being embarrassed about other people around me seeing me like wail cry yeah and someone like you would probably think I was crazy I try not to judge 
and I'm trying, I'm trying, and I and I'm trying my best not to be judgmental in this conversation. I don't think I think I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, um, you look at the fruits if you are trying to discern what's going on. So, if, you know, saw you down there crying and wailing, you say, "Back on." going on here right but then the fruits of that is you turning your life around right well but you might good. not the well, video yeah. on instagram of the kentucky revival of somebody crying and wailing at an altar you don't know their story yeah you don't know what's happened the past two years and what somebody just said to them or whether they just accepted jesus and like you just don't know mm-hmm. yep but it's something that again the point of this conversation is to tell you that when you see those things happening, do not jump headlong into them without utilizing some discernment, yeah. some logic. Uh, and, and really, the ultimate thing is making certain that the gospel is the foundation of the message that is spurring the emotion. The gospel is why Jesus. The gospel is... Why did Jesus need to do what he did? The gospel is Jesus Christ died as God in flesh to provide reconciliation to you and I because we cannot meet the true standard of righteousness. And he did that because he loved us. And not only did he die... But he rose from the dead, giving us victory over the two things that we actually do deserve. That's death and hell. That's got to be the foundation of it every single time. The foundation can't be casting out demons. The foundation can't be spiritual gifts. The foundation can't be anything else. The foundation has got to be the gospel. I think that's a good good way to have discernment. Um, so that's, that's why I wanted to have this conversation. And and I think a lot of people ask questions too, about why were so many of these signs and wonders and miracles happening, uh, you know, in the very er early days of the church in the new Testament and why were so many signs and miracles and wonders happening back in the, the ancient days in the old Testament And um, why do we not see God revealing himself? Uh, A lot of times people might say as frequently now in those ways as as he is portrayed revealing himself throughout Scripture in the Bible. Well, I think there are multiple answers to that. I think one answer is we, we read about the times that God revealed himself his self through signs and wonders in scripture. And what you might not understand is there are like thousand plus year gaps in between those things that we read about in scripture. Um, I think another thing, when we look at new Testament in the very early church of what the disciples were doing, um, I think you should take into consideration that you and me, and all of us right here, have the total and complete will of God for the this universe and humanity 
We have the total and his total and complete will revealed to us in totality in Scripture. The early church didn't have that. They didn't have even have anything that resembled that. God has given us his complete picture in Scripture. He's revealed his self to you in the Holy Bible. He has. You've forgotten how special that is. You've forgotten how that makes us unique as the body of Christ living in the time that we are living in. Think about that. We got any questions from the tube? The tube. <laughs> I well, like we pretty much. I mean, a lot of people were commenting on what we were talking about, and um, but no questions as it pertains to this. Uh, okay. We got another $10 super chat. Somebody seen you at Silverdale Baptist says they're a big fan of the show now. Man, thank you so much, yeah. brother. Thank you so much. By the way, that we'll let you guys put in any questions for the next minute or two if you have any. Um, by the way, that, that talk I gave at Silverdale at the Wild Game Dinner was the hardest <laughs> speech I've ever given. <laughs> I actually woke up the next morning and I felt like mashed up butthole and I had to call my man Chili <laughs> to give me uh speak some sense and speak some life back into me. Thank you for that, Chili. Well you're welcome. I just thought you were hung over. Uh, <laughs> I thought you must have went down to the oh, man, that to was, the bar on Tuesday, you know, like you do. That was a hard one, man. That was a hard one. And um I'll talk about that. Well we talked about that on Resurrected on Sun uh this past Sunday night, but I might talk a little bit more about in depth of why why it was so challenging for me uh, for the many different reasons. Um, I felt a lot of opposition. Very strange. Um, eh, shouldn't be, right? No, it really shouldn't be. It really shouldn't be. Um, but, yeah, I'll talk more about that and uh, kind of what, what I learned in that process, or maybe on the Enough Said podcast. The second round of invitations for the ROP course went out yesterday. That's what I worked on yesterday. <laughs> uh, so if you guys, there only a few went out. We had to fill we had to fill a few gaps of people that didn't roger up from the first round of invitations. So there were only a few that went out. But if you applied for the ROP course, the rite of passage, check your email because you might have got your invitation. Anything else, Blake? Nothing came through? Well, I mean, just a couple deep questions that would take quite a while to discern, uh, or not to discern, but to talk about. Um, Kyle Cheriboga wants to know what time your PT on Saturday at the Rome CrossFit. Uh, Saturday? Yep. Won't be there Saturday, buddy. James Lytle wants to know what y'all are giving up for Lent. Lent? Can't find Lent in the Bible. Well, I don't do Lent. Can you tell me where to find Lent in the Bible? <laughs> there Somebody. he goes. He's getting mad. <laughs> no, so, I don't. I no, mean, just I, a few I, questions I, like I, that. I'm but being that's real, what's man. Through. Yeah, I don't do that. I, I saw I saw this guy on Instagram the other day, and, and I mean, Lent sounds like a great thing. You're get you're giving things up. You're 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 bringing your flesh into subjection, right? Um. 
I don't think there's anything wrong with, with that. As a matter of fact, it will probably produce good fruits in your life. Um, I mean, is that similar to fasting? Is that what Lent is? Is Lent a Catholic thing? Yeah, it's a Catholic thing. Okay. I, I, yeah, I mean, I it saw, can be food or it can be something else. I saw Dom Roscoe post something about Lent. And, and let me tell you, man, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, man. Oh, gosh. I probably have to go. I, I don't know what what this you know what this cat the whole Catholic thing is about. Oh, here we go. Yep. I but, gotta go to work. Um <laughs> it seems he may get out of pocket here. <laughs> it, it it just seems to be just loaded with just human tradition. Like why do I need to pile so much human tradition onto what the the holy bible and god has asked me to do in his word like why do i need to call this period of time lent the 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 god has asked me to uh to crucify my flesh daily um Again, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that, I think that though, just when I saw this guy post about it, it turns a lot of people off, man. Because it is a human tradition. What turns a lot of people off? Human traditions based around the Catholic Church. Well, how do you back it up? A human tradition at all. I mean, and Mark, he talks about... Uh, following tradition, you forsake the commandments of God because you put you begin to elevate them above the commandments of God. Yeah. So um, I'm not. I don't participate in Lent personally. Well, no. I will say, you know, the the church history is very interesting, and it gives you more of an, if possible, more of an understanding on these types of things and rituals and sacraments and obviously the different churches, you know, Eastern Orthodox Church and Protestantism that's turned into tens of thousands of denominations and splitting off from the Catholic Church. But, you know, from the time of Jesus to, you know, 1,600 years later, roughly, was... I mean, it would have been, you know, it's the Catholic Church. And then everybody did those things. And then, you know, what what are the main sacraments in Protestant denominations? Baptism and communion, you'd say. And and you would say, well, the reason that they do those is because, or, or, or all of the denominations do those is because Jesus did those. Oh, he commanded us to do those. And then so you're saying anything outside of that, like like Lent, it's not a sacrament, but it's a it's like a tradition that it that it's bad. I mean, is that what you know? I, I don't I'm not saying anything. I'm just I, I don't do it. I, I don't uh I don't I mean, think the act of setting aside time to I I guess you know sacrifice certain things in your life 
I obviously don't think that's bad if that's well, that, what Lent is. Well, that's what they, you but, know. But, but, what, yeah, hum, the, the, the tradition, I, I don't like human traditions. I don't even like holidays. I don't. Well, yeah, I don't either. I don't like birthdays. Pagan. I don't like any of that crap. I don't even like days of the week. Or time. Yeah, it's all it's all just time doesn't exist. Superfluous bull crap. Well, so that's me though, man. If you want to do Lent, you ain't gonna go to hell for it. <laughs> do Lent. <laughs> oh man, that ruffled a few, didn't it? No, not really. But most people's uh, I love you guys, man. In agreement. I love you guys. Thanks for being here. Catch you on the flip flop. Enough said. <laughs>